Appreciate the good singing this morning. If you have your Bibles, we, if you would, turn with us to 1 Corinthians 15, and then after you get there, if you would, uh, find Isaiah 53. Uh, we'll be reading just a few verses out of both chapters. We appreciate, once again, each and every one of you being here today. We thank God uh, for this uh, honor and opportunity. We understand and know that... There's a, a lot of media attention uh, on the coronavirus. We were just discussing this, and I understand that that's probably uh, inhibiting a lot of fear and a lot of people. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 Timothy, for he's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Um, and we believe that uh, he has all things in his hands. I'll say this, I often say this, um, I know that the Lord will take care of us, but he expects us to take care of ourselves too. God uh, uh, gave the man the intellect to mechanically design the umbrella so you wouldn't get wet. Right? So uh, uh, just don't, uh, you know, uh, don't throw everything aside and say the Lord will take care of me. He's given us a brain to take care of ourselves too, but he will take care of us. Amen? Say Amen. Smile. It's all right. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm saved. Uh, but we appreciate you being here this morning. We'll, uh, we'll try and uh, <clears throat> preach through this, uh, what the Lord has laid on our heart this morning. And then uh, uh, I, hope, I hope this is the main event, but uh, I know a lot of people want to go eat. It's all right to smile. It really is. Uh, in all seriousness, I hope, as we've already stated, if, uh, if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus uh, as your personal Savior. I, I do hope and trust before we leave the service this morning uh, that the Spirit of God would move and uh, you would uh, commit yourself unto Him. We want to read <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, we're going to read the first 10 verses, and then, uh, like I say, we'll probably not immediately go to Isaiah 53, but if you want to read along with us, we will get over there in just a few minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 1, the scripture reads, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, uh, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, <clears throat> that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of the apostles, and, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, but am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. We believe that be all, uh, like we say it, uh, uh, to reading you here, and uh, at this present moment, we'll probably 
Uh, as we said, we'll read over here in Isaiah 53 in just a few minutes. But as we look at this right here, uh, well, we see the Apostle Paul as he wrote to the church at Corinth. Uh, and <clears throat> this, uh, these first ten verses right here uh, is uh, what is known as the Apostles' Creed. This is how we get, from a historical perspective, this is how we get the dating of the, of the resurrection. The, uh, uh, this was a creed that was often known by the Jewish people of this day and time. Uh, and, and because of this specific text, we can date the writings of the New Testament three months beyond when Christ was crucified. And because of that, we have this hope and we have this promise. There's a lot of people, they, uh, they like to throw a lot of skepticism at the Word of God. They like to doubt the Word of God. Uh, but listen, from an antiquity perspective, we have more evidence that the Word of God is true than Aristotle lived. Did you know that? And boy, I'm thankful today, Lord, uh, that we have this hope, that we have this promise of our Savior Jesus. And Paul was writing into the church of Corinth, and he was telling them, uh, listen, he said, the gospel that I've preached unto you. Uh, and he begins to tell them what that gospel is, and that's why I had you mark Isaiah 53, because oftentimes when we read the Bible, uh, we often forget that when Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he had not yet uh, written a great majority of the rest of the New Testament, as he is the author of two-thirds of the New Testament. So, uh, listen, a lot of times what we think about when we're preaching the gospel, we go immediately to the New Testament. But the gospel that Paul preached was not taken from the New Testament because he was the author of the great vast majority of the New Testament. So we'll go to the book of Isaiah. We'll go to one of my favorite texts, Forgive My Voice. Uh, we had to preach yesterday morning, and it's not yet recovered. But uh, listen, uh, as we look at this right here, we want to draw your attention just briefly right here in 1 Corinthians 15. We go back to the very first verse. It says, More of the brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. It said, by which ye are saved, if we keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. And I want to say this this morning, friends. Uh, listen, uh, on, on the base of simplicity, we say this in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12. The Bible said there's no other name, uh, listen, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Listen, friends, listen, we have to have specific knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be saved. Amen. The Bible tells us in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father lest he come by me. Amen. Romans chapter 1 verse number 16 he said for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen. In St. John chapter 1 he said I came to my own and my own received me not but as many as would receive me to them gave I power to become the sons of God. First John chapter 3 he said listen, listen he said, my little children, listen, he said, I write these things unto you. Listen, in the, in the second verse, he says this. He said, we know not what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, listen, we shall be, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What a hope. 
What a promise. First Peter chapter 1 verse number 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and fadeth not away, reserved in heaven, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. What a glory the gospel is. Amen. Boy, I listen to Hey, I'm glad that I have a hope. I listen. Hey, 1 Peter 3.15, he said, I let every man be ready to give an account for, I listen, the hope that is within them with meekness and with fear. Yeah. Thank God for the wonderful promises that the gospel affords me. Thank God that I know. Listen, we preached a message a few Sunday nights ago in 1 Peter. Listen, he said this. Hey, knowing this, and listen, we are not born again of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which liveth and abideth forever. What a hope. What a promise. What a gospel. Amen. Well, I tell you, this gospel transformed the world. It turned it upside down. Uh, listen, uh, friends, there's so many things today uh, that we in uh, ourselves, I don't believe that we can comprehend. Uh, listen, we live in a saturated gospel world today. The United States of America, uh, listen, we are blinded by our blessings. I often, uh, like in the United States, uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus had carried, uh, listen, a mass amount of people. The Bible tells us there was upwards of about 10,000 men Listen, that's not including women and children that he carried up with him. Listen, the Bible said that they went up there to see what he was saying. When he spoke the Beatitudes, there was a mass amount of people that followed after him. Listen, just by common sense, we could think that there's probably in excess of twenty to 30,000 people. Listen, that had followed Jesus up there. And the Bible said that when the sun began to set and evening began to set on them, they began to murmur because they were hungry. Let me preach to you for just a minute. Amen. Well, I tell you something, friends. The vast majority of the church today, they sit here because they're hungry. Amen. But they don't bring any food. Amen. Amen, preacher. Hey, listen. Hey, I tell you, listen. We just show up to church with our napkin and fork. Amen. We haven't invested anything through the week. We haven't studied. We haven't prayed. We haven't sought the will of God. We haven't prayed for the preacher, prayed for the deacons, prayed for the Sunday school teachers, prayed for the community. Lord, send the lost in that they can hear the gospel and be safe. No, we don't do those things. We just show up with our fork. And half the time we send it back because it ain't cooked You ain't got to say amen, I know. We just show up and we say, Lord, I'm here. Done you a favor, feed me. Oh, listen. And the Bible tells us that there was a mass amount of people. They didn't bring anything, they just went. And they were hungry. And the disciples even came to Christ and he said, listen, we're fixing to have a ride on their hands. 
These folks are hungry. Yes, We've let them, well, listen, there ain't no McDonald's close. And listen, the Bible tells us that Jesus said, is there any among you that has anything? And there was a little boy. How much we can learn today in the church from our children. Quit suppressing the minds of our children. Quit suppressing the church of tomorrow. Friends, there'll be no church of tomorrow if you keep your thumb on them today. Little lad spoke up and he said, my mama... Amen. Boy, that'll preach for another hour. My mama packed me a lunch. Well, I'm telling you something, friend, listen, I want to tell you something. Uh, today, listen, there is a necessity that we religiously educate and raise our children in the house of God, that they understand what it is. Amen. That they know what it is. I, I, Chad and I was running revival last summer. Uh, listen, and, and I, I leaned over and told him this one night. Uh, listen, I, I said, uh, uh, listen, uh, the shouting started uh, and it ran all over the church and everybody got happy and excited. And listen, I looked over there at our two boys and they just sitting there and nothing bothered them and I thought Lord thank you that I can raise my children and that they are uh, listen that our children are educated and familiar enough with the spirit of God when something breaks out it don't scare them amen what so many people today they're scared of the spirit of God but listen, hey, uh, this mother prepared a, a, a lunch for her son. He said, I've got five loaves and two fishes. The Bible said, Jesus said, bring it over here. He took it. He opened the basket. The Bible said he, ble- he blessed it. And then he began to break it. He started passing out. My friends, listen. Hey, the Bible said that he fed all the multitude, probably in excess of 20 and upwards of 30,000 people. And there was 12 baskets full left over. Thank God that there's plenty at the feet of Jesus. Friends, hey, so many people today, they say, well, there's not enough room for me. There's no room at Calvary. Hey, I preached on this Wednesday night. There's enough, listen, there's enough for the whole world if they just come. The Bible said there was 12 baskets full left over. Hey, listen, and the vast majority of people, listen, after they were sitting over there on the hillside, burping and rubbing their bellies, amen. That's what we want to do. We want to come, we want to eat, we want to get fed. We don't want to do anything else, so. Preacher, I didn't come to hear that. I don't know what you come to hear then. Listen. Hey, I'm going to listen. The Bible says that they sat over there and then when Jesus got their bellies full, he, the Bible said that he stood up and then he started preaching to them. And he spoke many hard sayings, the Bible said. And it said many of those people which followed him departed. Listen, because they didn't want to hear. They didn't want to endure those things. And listen, this is beautiful in the text. And Jesus has a conversation. One of the first conversations that he have biblically recorded with Peter. He said, Peter, would you also go away? He said, Lord, to whom else shall we go? For thou hast the words of life. 
What a promise. What a hope. I, listen, friends, today, I, I tell you, I've incurred a lot of heartache over the years. I've lost a lot of friends over the years. Listen, I, 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 listen. you want to talk about disagreements and disruptions? You know what? Those things happen in the church. They shouldn't, but they do. Amen. I, listen, and I want to say this, friends. Listen, I'm glad that God has been faithful through it all. Amen. I, listen, uh, most often uh, when we give up and go away is when we put our confidence in man, not in God. Friends, listen, but we understand that there is a hope, there is a promise, there's fruit, there's mercy, and there's grace if we just faithfully abide in the gospel. Amen. The gospel, it's liberty. Friends, listen, we quoted this uh, in the book of John in 8, uh, uh, 844. Uh, listen, he said, and the truth shall make you free. Said, you shall know the truth, and it shall make you free. It didn't say it would set you free. Yeah. Amen. It said it would make you free. We preached on the change a few uh, Sunday nights ago. Listen, friends, and we study about this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17, Therefore, all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. What a promise. I'm glad that after you get saved, truly saved, after you meet the gospel head on, the truth is revealed. I'm glad, listen, and you speak in your heart, you speak in your mind, you willfully repent and you believe upon the gospel of Christ. Friends, listen, the Bible said if we meet the terms of the gospel that he would in no wise turn us aside. You know what gives me joy about that? Because it doesn't matter, Kip, what I think about it. It doesn't matter what you think about it. It don't matter if you think it's wrong or you think it's right. You know what? Your opinion don't even matter. Nor does mine. It's a decision between you and God. What a gospel that we have. What a gospel that we have. Listen, the Bible says here in verse number two, we'll get through this. It says, by which also you are saved. I, listen, and I, I can't read that word in the scripture and not just stop and talk about it for just a minute. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to move on. That word saved in the Greek is the word sozo. It means to be preserved and kept. It means to be held in an unalterable condition. We preached on Wednesday night about this in the third chapter of the book of Romans when he pronounces justification freely on those that believe. Amen. Listen, I want to explain this just for just a few minutes because it's so good. Amen. And listen, you may not like it, but I do, so I'm going to say it. Amen. If you don't like it, you need to start preaching. Amen. Amen, preacher. Listen. Hey, now we get to this point right here. Uh, listen, and we understand that justification is a judicial act which God, when, when, when we faithfully believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we receive the gospel, uh, listen, and by faith through grace we are saved according to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, listen, that not of ourselves, but it is the gift of God. I'm glad that there's an act of justification that is pronounced upon those that believe. Amen. We talked about this. Listen, the word justification and righteousness in the New Testament are the same Greek word. They're synonymous. So thank God when we're justified 
justified, when we have the imputation and pronouncement of justification, we're also made righteous by the imputed righteousness that was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. What a hope, what a victory that we have. He said, I'll save you. I'll keep you. The Bible tells us, we'll say this and we'll move on. In Ephesians chapter 1, uh, in verse number 13, it said, In whom after you heard the gospel preached, you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the purchase of the prized possession. I'm glad that there is a seed. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5, after we're saved, that there is a seed that was, is within us that cannot sin. That's what the Bible said. Hey, so listen, when we spawn and that seed germinates by faith through grace, and the, uh, listen, the effective work of Calvary is then applied to our, world and our lives because we believe upon what he did for us through the gospel. Amen. Therein sprouts a new seed. It germinates. Amen. Uh, friends, and that Bible tells us that that seed cannot sin. But listen, when we see that germination take place on the inside, he said it covers it. Amen. And he seals it with his Holy Spirit. That's why we have confidence when we read John chapter 10. He said, those that the Father gives me, I hold in my hand and I have not lost one. Thankful I'm saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Amen. Now listen, if you would flip with us to Isaiah 53. <clears throat> we talk about, uh, listen, the gospel. We talk about the understanding of the gospel. A lot of times we take the New Testament, we say that is the gospel, and I believe that it is the gospel. It's the death, burial, resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hey, but the gospel that was first preached is something that goes way beyond what our minds can comprehend. And I love the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. But friends, listen, when we understand this, we, uh, listen, we, we have, uh, and y'all gonna laugh at me again, but listen, we have biblical evidence for this. The Bible tells us what was the eunuch reading he was coming back from the synagogue. And he had Isaiah's book in his hand and he was sitting in his chariot and he was reading the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. Philip shows up in the middle of nowhere. Bless God, I love it. Don't you? Why well, love it? Amen. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, it says, listen, therefore he hath commanded all men everywhere therefore to repent. He said the days of ignorance have passed and gone. Romans chapter 1, verse number 20, he said, therefore, listen, you have suppressed the truth and righteousness and you are responsible. Every man everywhere is responsible for the gospel. Amen. And I'm glad, listen, that when we seek the gospel, listen, hey, he's been pursuing us far before we were ever a thought or concern. Hey, he's been moving and perceiving and pursuing us. I, I thank God for that glorious day when we go to seek him, when the gospel becomes real to us. That's what happened to the eunuch. He was reading, he was studying, he was digging, he was looking for something. 
couldn't put his finger on it. Philip shows up from a great revival in the midst of the desert. Listen, he hooks himself up to the side of the chair. He said, understand this, what thou readest. How can I? Lest some man should guide me. And the Bible said that he took from that very text and preached unto him Jesus. Amen. Amen. You got to remember this is the gospel. This is the gospel. Friends, listen, a lot of times we take the New Testament and say, well, that is the gospel. Friends, listen, that was, that was post-Calvary. Friends, listen, that was their understanding of the Old Testament gospel. But the gospel far preceded what we have. And I'm not making light of the New Testament. I love it. It is the gospel. It's the, it's, it's, it's the gospel expounded and explained. It's the understanding and the finality of a lot of things that we, were hidden in the Old Testament. Uh, but friends, listen, there's enough gospel in Isaiah 53 to save the whole world. Isaiah 53, he said, Who hath believed our report? This is the, uh, listen, this is the, uh, the, the prophetical examination of the suffering servant. He said, Who hath believed our report? And to whom, uh, uh, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before them as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when, he shall, when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him in the eunuch set there in the chariot. And he said, Who in the world is he talking about? about. Philip lit up beside the chair and he said, you remember. Listen, there was a, a, you've heard about the eastern star. You've heard about what happened. Listen, about 40 plus years ago, don't you? Don't you remember these stories? Listen, there was an eastern star that shined round about and it lit up a place in Bethlehem because there was tell that a virgin had conceived and brought forth a son. You remember, you, you, I have this conversation, used to have this conversation often with my grandparents when you're trying to figure out who somebody is. You remember this? Well, they lived over beside such and such, and it was these people's cousin, and it's this people's aunts, and, I, and you finally get to tie it all together. And Philip said, you remember Joseph the carpenter? He had a son. He wasn't a king. He didn't serve in the priesthood. He wasn't a Pharisee. But you remember hearing tell about when he showed up to a wedding one time in Cana of Galilee. Do you remember that? You remember hearing those stories and the eunuchs intrigued. He said, I, I believe I remember those. Yeah. You know, he said, yeah, he took... Uh, listen, and he took the 12 water pots uh, uh, of water that were used uh, uh, to wash their hands and wash their feet, the dirtiest defilements of all. And he took that water and he turned it into wine. But remember, he didn't, you don't remember anything much about him for the first 30 years he was around. He shall grow up before them as a tender plant. As a root out of dry ground, and he hath no form nor comeliness. And when they shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows 
and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. He said, Son, do you not remember about the prophet that was from Galilee born in Bethlehem? Listen, they chose Barabbas over him, and they put a sign on his cross that said, This man said he is the king of the Jews. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. I want you to pay, uh, listen, you've got to pay attention to verse number five. But he was, I want to stop right there so you pay attention to this. But he was. What is the context of this verse? It is not present. It is not future. It is past. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Amen. Thank God, transition me. Hey, when this first gospel was preached, it's because it had already happened. It hadn't happened chronologically, but logically. Listen, Calvary had already taken place. Flip with me now, if you would, just briefly. A lot of people, they say, Preacher, I don't believe what you're saying, so I just like to put it to in the Bible. Turn to 1 Peter, chapter number 1. <clears throat> if I can find it myself. First Peter chapter number one. We're going. <coughs> we're going to start reading in <coughs> uh, verse number eighteen. I, I believe we preached on this a few weeks ago. <coughs> While I'm trying to find this in my Bible, there was a lot of people. <coughs> Asked Spud one time. There was a man who had a lot of revivals, and he went up to Spud and he told Spud. He said, uh, "Spud, I preached everything that I know. I don't know what to do." He said, "What should I do?" He said. Listen, don't kid yourself. He said, just start all over. They wasn't listening in the first place. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 18, the Bible said, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things. What a hope. What a promise. Amen. Listen, my hope does not lie in this present world. The things that will dissolve, that will burn up, that will be carried away is not where my hope lies. He said, For you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from vain conversation received by tradition of fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot pay close attention to verse number 20 who was barely foreordained before 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 the foundation of the world that was manifest in these last times for you friends listen to me Paul was making a declaration of Isaiah 53 he said listen the Calvary was past tense he said what you saw happened took place prior before the foundation of this world was ever laid. Thank God friend, there's so many people today they, they take their life and I listen at an exceedingly high rate I listen they're lost in depression because they feel like nobody loves them. Church we need to be communicating the gospel that there is a savior there is a hope, there is mercy, there is grace, there is love 
Put your fork and napkin up. Get your Bible out. Well, I tell you something, friends, listen. He said, if your gospel be hid, it's hid to them which are lost. We'll do something about it. Well, preacher, that's what we pay you to do. I've had people tell me that before. You want to see me get aggravated? Say it to me again. I appreciate the love offerings from the church. I appreciate, listen, the church has been fantastic to my wife and my family and I for over 20 years. They've helped us. They've supported us. But you know what? I work. My wife works. Listen, we earn things that we have. I appreciate, I thank God for the love offerings of the church. And I appreciate them and we put them to good use. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't pay me a dime, if you cut it off tomorrow, you're not going to change my preaching. Amen. Uh, friends, you're not going to stop me from preaching. Amen. Oh, listen, friends, today, I appreciate the, the, the fellowship and the love that the church has that's very appreciative. And I'm going to say this. Not from my own account, because listen, God has blessed us. He's been wonderful to us. I, listen, I, from a monetary perspective, I am blessed. We are blessed. Our household is blessed. I, listen, we have everything and more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. But I'll say this to the church, and this is never said in what we would call the little call a country church. Amen. You should take care of the man of God. People's too scared to say it, so I'll say it for them. Amen. I've already told you where I stand, friends. Listen, so listen. If you don't want to take care of me, and you have taken care of me, I want to. I want uh, listen. I want to retract that statement. You have taken care of me. I'm blessed. Thank you for what you've done. And this message is not about money, amen. But I want you to understand something, friends. This morning, there'll be one that come after me. Uh, listen, they may need your help. They may need your assistance. Uh, listen, their family uh, may uh, need it way, uh, listen, possibly way more than I ever could. Listen, I'll never forget uh, Miss Annie Ruth talking about uh, Cornell. Uh, listen, it's so what changed his mind on this thing. He wasn't used to take anything until there was one young boy who was running a revival way back up in the mountains. And there was a boy that didn't have a penny to his name. He went down there and he picked up a penny that he found in the woods. And he walked up to Cornell and said, Preacher, I want you to have what I got. It's about what we do with it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? It's about what we do with it. We're doing this to increase the gospel. Amen? Are we doing this to make sure that a lost and dying world can hear about Jesus? You know what? I think we're selling the best thing that you can sell. I want people to hear about it, don't you? But a lot of people don't act that way. Right? I'm sure that there's some family members here this morning that had a disclaimer laid on me before you got here. You're probably sweating. You're probably holler. May not be what you're used to. Just want to warn you. Just want to warn you. That's okay. I understand. But you know what? That's why God has called a multitude of us. That's why there's a multitude of churches. As long as they're preaching the gospel. The gospel. 
the gospel. Paul was careful to tell us in this. He said, if they be for us, then they're not against us. I want to see people saved. I want to see the kingdom grow for the cause of Christ. Listen, we'll say this and we'll be done. Um, it said, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, that he was seen of Cephas, which is Peter. Uh, then of the twelve after that, he was uh, seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this day. But some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me, also as one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, but because I persecuted the church of God. I love verse number 10. This is the verse that God laid on my heart, and I preached in my ordination service. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. We may not be what you want us to be, But I want to be what He wants me to be. That's what I want for you. I want you to be what He wants you to be. Don't be like somebody else. It's good to pattern and model after another person. And there are some fantastic and wonderful mentors and preachers and Christians in this world. Listen, and, and listen, I, I listened to everything that they said. I, 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 want, I asked as many questions as I could. I wanted to know what they had to say. I just wanted to be around when they were talking so maybe I could learn. Sometimes I never said anything. I just wanted to be around them. Wanted to learn their mannerisms, how they conducted service, how they conducted with people. Listen to me, it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life to see a man of God go from a moment of laughter as he was rejoicing with a Christian to a moment of tears as a member of the sheep was hurting and broken. So many things that were not. But what I am is what I am by the grace of God. Not because of me. What's all because of Him. Anything that you don't like, anything that's bad, anything that's wicked, you can blame it all on me. But anything that's good, you give all the glory to God. I couldn't be where I am without Him. It's all about him. I want to lift His name up. I want to do His name honor. His name glory. I want to uh, I listen, I, I want to build His church, don't you? You know, a lot of people, they say, well, uh, we don't want this, and we, we, we pull back on a lot of things, but friends, listen, I, there's no, there's no sense in building a thousand seat auditorium if we won't only want 20 people to come. Do it for the glory and the honor of God. I say this in closing as we stand to our feet. Brother Kip, if you would come to the piano. Uh, uh, or Miss Lane, if you would come to the piano. Uh, and Brother Kip, if you would get a song. I read this in closing as we stand to our feet. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have uh, turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth.
He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked. With the rich in his death, because he hath done violence, uh, because he hath done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Listen to verse 11, and I'm done. He shall see the travail of his soul. He's talking about Christ. When God the Father sees the travail of the Son's soul, He shall see the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied. By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for He shall bear their iniquities. God the Father saw the suffering travail of the soul of His Son. And as a substitutionary sacrifice, He stood in my place. He stood in your place. He was satisfied. That's what it means to be saved. I'm glad that the Lord has declared us just because of His uh, satisfaction that was fulfilled in His Son. We love you this morning. I hope that uh, if you have a need, if you're not saved, if you're backslidden, whatever the condition may be, this altar's open. And you do as God bids. Why we sing? What's your number, brother? Page 518.